0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: Food service and restaurants are basically closed down. That means 100% of the food supply is now being funneled through grocery.
0: It's just uh, running at
1: uh, full strength right now, uh, probably more so than it ever has. Everyone wants to have groceries in their house, especially in times of uncertainty. So it's kind of the the last line here. What prompted you to kind of reach out? What are your concerns right now um, as a grocery store worker?
0: I reached out to you guys because I work for Shop Online Women's, which is we come to the store every day. And due to this crisis, we're there constantly. And we're around several different people.
1: I come in contact with a lot of people each day. I am concerned. I am concerned that people are are not listening to the governor's stay-at-home order. My main concern is not for me, but more so for my family.
0: Grocery stores are essential. They remain one of the only places you can go in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis and still find parking lots filled with cars and buildings filled with people. And that has grocery store workers worried about their own health and the health of the people they go home to. So what are Wisconsin grocery chains doing to protect the thousands of workers who are essential to maintaining our food supply? From the Fox 6 studio, this is Open Record. I'm Amanda St. Hilaire and I'm here with my colleague Brian Polson. Hi, Brian.
1: Yeah, hi again, Amanda.
0: We continue to bring you new episodes of Open Record each day. We are recording remotely, practicing our social distancing, and we're bringing you these episodes Monday through Friday to make it easier to sort through the bombardment of coronavirus news that we're all getting.
1: So we're recording this episode on Thursday morning, March 26th. It is day two of Governor Evers' Safer at Home order. But of course, that doesn't mean you absolutely can't leave your house. You can go out and walk the dog. You can go pick up food, uh, at, you know, out food from a restaurant. But most importantly, people are going to the grocery store. Everyone needs food for themselves and their families. And that means getting groceries. Wisconsin's State Health Secretary said earlier this week, though, you should limit those grocery trips as much as possible.
0: I would encourage people not to all go to the grocery store uh, at the same time today because it, it will remain, the grocery stores will remain open. People should go once a week to do their grocery shopping. And, and we should maintain really strict social distancing uh, in those cases, the six feet. Make sure you've got six feet between you and, and another person. Avoid physical contact. Um, But the truth of the matter is uh, people need uh, to have food.
1: So we visited several grocery store chains on Tuesday and Wednesday and found in some cases dozens or even more than 100 cars in some of these parking lots inside the stores. Shoppers crowding aisles or squeezing past one another to get to items on the shelves. And we noticed the crowding was most pronounced rather obviously near the checkout aisles. During all of this, more than a dozen grocery store workers were reaching out to Fox 6 to express their concerns that they are exposed and at risk when they're at work. I
0: have disinfectant at my house, which I spray down and clean the car and my hands and wear gloves. But at the store, we're around so many people and it's like we're more at risk now of catching it with more people coming to the store than anybody
1: else you're in the building all the time filling these orders correct and that's where your concern is you're just mixing with all these people all day long absolutely
0: obviously a lot of concerns here brian so what are grocery store owners doing to address those concerns to keep those employees safe
1: well, of course, it varies somewhat from store to store and grocery chain to grocery chain, but we found some common themes. Many grocery store chains in the Milwaukee area have assigned staff to wipe down shopping carts. You'll see that as you enter the store. They're wiping down commonly touched surfaces, uh, maybe door handles on the freezer in the freezer aisle. Some even said they've hired third-party businesses to come in and disinfect some of those common surfaces or to disinfect the business overnight. Employees are staying late overnight to wipe everything down. They've made disinfecting wipes available in some cases to the customers themselves, and they've done other things throughout the store like They've stopped accepting in-store returns or exchanges. Many grocery stores are also department stores that have things that you know they may have a return aisle. They're not doing that for now because of the 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 contact between customers and, and workers. They've closed down salad bars. they stopped offering free samples. And we talked on Wednesday to Ted Balistrieri, one of the co-owners of 17 Sendik stores in Metro Milwaukee, and he told me they're allowing their older workers or those with compromised immune systems not to come into work. We're asking them to stay home. We don't want them here. Uh, And we'll take care of them during that period of time. Of course, one of the most visible changes you're going to start seeing and already are seeing are physical cough or sneeze shields that are being installed at checkout counters in Woodman's, Sendix, Pick and Save, Walmart, and likely many others still to come. A Roundy spokesman was the first to tell us about those plans Tuesday night. We'll be sourcing plexiglass shields here in the near term. As a protective barrier to any areas where there is customer uh, employee associate interaction, Kroger will be doing that throughout the whole enterprise. Of course, Roundies is a division of Kroger, which operates more than 90 pick and save stores in Wisconsin, 10 Metro Markets, and even one Cops store. On Wednesday, Sendix invited us to their Mequon store to see that they already have these shields in place. So we're seeing more and more of these plexiglass shields going in. Again, I think that's one of the more visible things you'll see. The idea there being that it's a barrier between the customer and workers at a place where customers and workers often throughout the day come into contact.
0: And the idea of that physical barrier sounds great. But first thing that comes to mind is how effective are they? Because I've seen some of those shields and just the first thing that came to my mind was, I don't know how well these are really going to prevent the spread of germs.
1: Well, when I first heard about this and I started asking, I reached out to seven different grocery store chains that have stores here in the Milwaukee area. And and I asked them, you know, are you planning to put something up like this? Because in the UK, they were the first to do this. Of course, they're ahead of us in terms of dealing with this epidemic or the pandemic. And so I was seeing images from stores in the UK, where some of these shields were fairly substantial. They covered a broad area and maybe had a small, you know, square where the customer could reach through to hand a credit card, to hand cash, or to use a pin pad. But what I'm seeing going up so far here in the United States, and particularly in the Milwaukee area, seem to be more like small squares or rectangles of plexiglass that cover a small area. And when we visited Sendix on Wednesday... Um, while they have these shields uh you know put in place they they seem it looks like sort of a temporary ad-, or ad hoc setup it wasn't designed this way they were set up in a place that was before the pin pad so as you're coming through the line the plexiglass is there but then the pin pad is after it and so what i saw most customers doing was standing at the pin pad waiting to pay where there's an still the open air exchange between them and the employee. It didn't necessarily seem like if a person standing there waiting to pay coughed or sneezed or simply was carrying the virus and was breathing it out that it was going to provide much protection. I'm not an epidemiologist, but just as a layman, it didn't look like it was necessarily going to make a huge amount of difference. Again, I'm not an expert. That's just my layman's observation.
0: Well, and when we talk about social distancing, when you have – Hundreds of cars in a parking lot, hundreds of people in the same building, they're standing in line, uh, not always six feet apart, again, not from what I've seen. So how do we really practice social distancing in those circumstances? Because people still have to go to the grocery store, and it's not just a matter of don't all go at the same time because there's no possible way to coordinate when everyone else decides to go to the grocery store.
1: That's true, and now what stores are doing here is, some of them anyway, are at least giving lip service to the attempts to... uh, you know, adhere to social distancing or encourage shoppers to do so. And I say lip service because I mean, they're doing the things they're putting maybe tape on the floor to say, here's where you should stand while you're waiting for the person in front of you to pay. Um, Some are being a little more aggressive than that. Woodman's described uh, that they are putting everyone in one long line and then sort of dispatching people one at a time to an open aisle so that there's only one person in the grocery checkout aisle at a time. But then there's one line snaking throughout the store. The idea behind that is if everyone's standing in a linear fashion with their grocery carts in front of them, the grocery cart is a natural barrier that keeps people roughly six feet apart. Maybe it's more like three or four feet, but at least they're not standing right next to each other. That's the idea. Now, that's what Clint Woodman told me they were doing when I talked to him on Tuesday. But on Wednesday, we had our producer, Pete, out looking at stores, and he stopped by the Woodman's in Menominee Falls. And he told me they didn't have a line set up like that, that he saw there were several people standing in line at each of the checkout aisles. So there's a policy that has an idea that that may well sort of keep people apart. But again, it comes down to store by store. Is it being implemented? Are people following it? Um, and, And in other places, they're talking about putting decals on the floor that will say, please wait here. And again, it gives shoppers the idea of maybe what they should do. Does that necessarily mean shoppers are going to follow it? We've all shopped at grocery stores for years. The natural thing is to get in line and stand as close as you can behind the next person. Are are stores really going to have people standing and policing that? Maybe they should. Frankly, they're overstretched right now just trying to keep up with the demand for food, and and they have a lot of workers who are staying at home because they're concerned about illness. So is there really any enforcement of this, this idea, or is it more a suggestion, hey, folks, please try to adhere to these things?
0: Right. I mean, it's not really feasible that they'd have bouncers walking around physically separating people. And even then you're touching other people. So there's only so much that you can do to modify adult behavior in those cases. Uh, Brian, I was watching these emails come into our inbox over the last 48 hours, and there were a lot of them. And it seemed like one of the overwhelming concerns was protective equipment now we know that our hospitals are having a hard time getting protective equipment i can't imagine that grocery store workers are having an easy time getting Gloves, masks, other things that could keep them safe on the job.
1: Just from the people I talked to who had reached out to us, gloves seem a little more common. They seem a little easier to come by. There's some question about whether that's really particularly effective because even if you're wearing a glove, you can still transfer these, uh, you know, droplets or particles or, or, or whatever it is the virus from one surface to another. So. You, know, yeah, wash you have to it.
0: change them frequently you, for right, them to
1: work. Right. You, and washing your hands is still considered to be the most effective strategy there. As for masks, there's some question about whether or not they're particularly effective unless you're the person who's sick. But certainly, I think for a lot of workers, they would feel better knowing they at least had some sort of protection. But, yeah, getting masks for grocery store workers is is right now just a non-starter because healthcare workers are in a crisis situation trying to get these things. And they're dealing directly with infected patients. Next in line after that, first responders, police and firefighters. And I know that the governor has been working to try to get uh, requests from uh, the federal government to get some of those masks and other personal protective uh, equipment uh, uh, forms, whether it's, you know, whatever that may entail. For first responders, uh, when I talked to James Highland, spokesperson for the Roundies division of Kroger, he said they've also talked to the governor and they've asked, you know, can we just get in line behind them? Because if production is ramped up on personal protective equipment and we start to fill in the void, they want to be next in line because they say their workers are, in fact, right on the front lines of this and may be more exposed than, than a lot of others because As a first responder, you may or may not be in contact with people daily, all day long, but grocery store workers, they are. And many of them are seeing hundreds of customers who come from all different walks of life throughout the day, and they're having very close contact with them. So they're concerned, but the reality is right now, there's just no way to get masks for them because there's not enough out there.
0: With the workers that you've spoken with, do they feel like their employers are truly protecting them, because it's one thing to hear what the companies say they're doing, but from the employee perspective, do they feel like they're being treated well? Do they feel, are they getting hazard pay? Do they feel like they're being fairly compensated for the additional risk that they're taking on?
1: I think some felt like their employers weren't doing enough, though what I found more than anything from the people I talked to, and some wouldn't do video interviews, only a couple did. Many, of course, don't want to do that because they still work for the company. They don't want to upset their employer. But what I really found more than anything was they're just concerned about the situation. There's only so much their employers can do. Many of them were actually more concerned about the customer's behavior than their employers because they said, you know, look, if if you're... Coming to the store, there's one uh, young man I talked to who works for Quick Trip. It's a convenience store. They're considered essential because they do provide groceries. But it's a gas station convenience store. And he said there's a lot of people, and maybe his bosses wouldn't have liked him saying this, but there's a lot of people who are coming to the store who don't need to be coming here. You don't need to come in for a Diet Coke or a quick snack or something just out of convenience right now. Stay home if you can. Make those infrequent trips to get the supplies you need. But he felt there were a lot of people who were, hey, look, we're open, so we're going to stop in. And he felt that was putting him at risk. That particular young man, his name is Manny, was especially concerned because his 77-year-old grandmother is at home has asthma. He has a sister with asthma. He has a father who is a diabetic and recently had open heart surgery. So there's a lot of risk in his home but this is his job and he's working a lot of hours. So his message was more to customers to just say, be judicious about when you go out, when you do maintain that social distance, take this stuff seriously because these workers are on the front lines. Now you mentioned hazard pay. Um, I know a number of companies are giving employees who are working during this time a bump in pay. It might only be a couple of bucks an hour, but for some of these workers, that takes them from say 11.88 an hour to 13.88 or something like that, and that can make a huge difference. It is a recognition that they're taking an extra risk right now. Um, I know that in particular for Kroger and uh, and I believe it's also Outpost Foods, many of those workers are represented by the UFCW. The United Food and Commercial Workers Union, local 1473 here in Wisconsin, that actually negotiated with those stores to get that bump in pay. It's temporary. It's going to last for maybe a few weeks or a month. I'm not sure quite how long, but during this pandemic. But again, it's a recognition of the extra risk they were taking.
0: Do a lot of grocery workers tend to have union representation like that, or is that kind of a few and far between? That's situation? one of the things.
1: It's one of the things I wondered about because certainly they right now have a collective concern and they're taking a collective risk. Do they have collective representation? And by and large, it doesn't seem they do. Outside of the UFCW, which represents. A certain number of, as I said, they, they represent, I think, megabarts in, in uh, Wisconsin. Uh, I'm not sure if it's all of them, but some. They rec- they represent um, some of the Kroger stores and, and of course, also the uh, Outpost Foods I mentioned. But the vast majority of grocery workers are not represented. So the question is, is there sort of anyone out there? keeping an eye out for their interests and their safety, um, the stores would tell you that they're doing the best they can. And, and I don't think there's any evidence to suggest they're not. But certainly these workers are taking huge risks right now. And uh, uh, unlike first responders and healthcare workers, they may be forgotten in terms of the kind of risks they're taking.
0: I know we talked about how you can't really coordinate when everyone else goes to the store, but did the grocery store employees have any insight as to when are better times to shop, not just for your own convenience, but to help protect everyone else?
1: Well, many of these uh, uh, stores are now setting things, like Meijer, for instance, has senior hours, or I believe maybe it was pick and say, they have have, uh, like a 6 to 8 a.m. time for seniors or those who have immune uh, uh, concerns. Um, to come in and shop, and they ask others to stay home. Let those people with concerns about their immune conditions come in and shop, those who are at greater risk, at a time when the store is not crowded. Now, do they have bouncers at the door checking IDs? No. Are they turning people away when they show up at at, at 6 or 6.30 a.m. and it's just you or me? I doubt they're turning anyone away. But the idea is, again, so much of what's going on right now, there are rules but there are suggestions and the and, and those rules are, are in many ways to say, let's all play ball. The more people do this voluntarily, the better off some of these people who are at greater risk are. And that's what the stores are hoping. Now, outside of that early morning window when they want just the people who are most at risk to be able to shop, I didn't get a lot of feedback as to is there a better time of day or night. One employee I spoke to uh, who was actually with a friend shopping at Meyer, but said she works for Pick and Save said – She's noticed like 7 to 9 p.m. seems to be a slower, kind of deader period. Um, One thing is clear, whether it's during the pandemic or outside the pandemic, grocery stores say prime time during the week is 4 to 7 p.m. People are getting off of work. They go stop by the grocery store. They're grabbing dinner for the family. So if you want to avoid the biggest crowds Monday through Friday, even with all the people who are working from home, it seems 4 to 7 p.m. is kind of that prime time window. That's a time to avoid it. Of course, weekends are going to be very busy, and there it may be all day long. So if you're able to get out and go to the store during the week outside the hours of 4 to 7 p.m., you're probably likely to see at least a little bit smaller crowds than you might see during that prime time.
0: A lot of stores offer. Online shopping, you know, I I know, for example, for pick and save, you can pick out all your groceries through an app. Um, They either deliver them or you basically get curbside pickup. Uh, Is that something that actually helps the workers or is their risk basically the same when they're
1: performing those services? It helps the shoppers, certainly. And that's an important thing for a lot of people. A lot of seniors I know are they don't even want to go during these senior hours. They want to stay home. Someone who feels they're particularly at risk. It's a it's a great service to be able to provide online shopping where you can order and have someone else do the shopping for you. But there's not a robot doing it. There's a human who has to go and pull all of those items. And the one gentleman we talked to, uh, David Tribble, um, he said he is an online shopper for Woodman's. He's not the guy who delivers it. They have a DoorDash or another person actually do the physical delivery. His job is all day long to fill orders for people who are ordering online. So he's in the store shopping constantly, which means he's constantly shopping amongst all of these other people members of the public who are coming in to get groceries, he was particularly concerned about that because there's no sneeze guard you can put in place for the guy who's running around the store and picking up all these items. It's definitely a concern. Now, I asked him, is it worth it for you? You know, you do at least have a job, And, and certainly he and many of these others recognize they're caught between, you know, do I just quit? Do I just go home and stay home and not get paid? Or do I feed my family? Do I pay the bills and continue to take these risks? That's really the, the the question for so many of these workers is, is the risk worth keeping my job? They are fortunate. So many others have lost jobs during this pandemic. They're fortunate that they have not only the hours they had before, many have the opportunity to increase hours. Uh, but, it's but at what cost? At, at, at what cost? That's really the question. And, and that's why they are hoping their employers... And we, the shoppers, will do the most we can to maintain social distance, to keep things sanitized, and to protect them uh, from the risks that they're taking.
0: All right, Brian. Well, thank you. I'm sure we're going to have more developments because, like you said, people who are working in grocery stores are on the front line. They are essential because that's our food supply. So if you're listening to this and you think there's something about that, we should know. Please get in touch with us. Actually, if there's any topic you want us to discuss, please send us an email. Our email is theinvestigators at foxsixnow.com. That's theinvestigators at foxsixnow.com. We're going to continue to bring you more frequent episodes of Open Record as we cover the COVID 19 pandemic. Thank you to the people who made this podcast possible. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel, and Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't done that already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Brian Polson for Amanda St. Hilaire. We'll be back tomorrow.